You know what that sound means? It's another episode of Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? My name is Mike. I'll be your host this evening. I am joined by no one. That's okay. But I am here to talk about a bad movie. And of course, before we do that, we need to talk about what we are drinking. Today, I have from Sycamore Brewing. It's called Drippy. It's a juicy IPA. Uh, Very fruity, very New England style. If you like that kind of thing, I definitely am a big fan of it. And Sycamore Brewing, uh, they just opened up a two-level brewery in Charlotte. Honestly, I haven't made it there yet, but I'm really excited to kind of get there. Uh, So yeah, that is from Sycamore Brewing. It is Drippy, a juicy IPA. Uh, It's something I definitely want to sink my teeth into. You know, it's got that hoppy quality. You know what's something I don't want to sink my teeth into? This bad movie. I bring you the bad movie Transcendence. Since it is July, uh, I feel like it's the time for a blockbuster that just thought it was going to make a ton of money and then it just didn't. So yeah, for those of you that don't know, a blockbuster is a movie that's made for about $100 million or more. Uh, it is usually like a tentpole film that we think is going to make its money back. This one had a budget of estimated around $100 million. Its opening weekend for USA and Canada was $10 million. Uh, gross worldwide was $103 million. Figuring with advertising as well as special effects, and of course that we don't know the exact budget, this one was definitely a flop and did not make its money back. A lot of that money went to its cast because this movie has star power, let me tell you. Uh, it stars Johnny Depp, Rebecca Hall, Morgan Freeman, Killian Murphy, Paul Bettany, and Kate Mara. Those are your top six in this movie. And each of them gets their own time to shine for real, except for Killian Murphy and Morgan Freeman. They kind of were just part of it. So you're probably wondering, Mike, what is this movie about? So this movie is about technology. That's whole gimmick. Uh, basically, the beginning of the movie starts with a Paul Bettany narration check, and we think it's in the future. Uh, essentially, he starts it with, the internet was supposed to make the world a smaller place. It feels smaller without. Um, you see this city in California where basically everybody is using technology as like door stops or there's a bunch of ones thrown in the trash. There's all these computers that are completely destroyed. We don't know why at this point, but we assume it is the future and why the story is how we got to this point of hating technology. That's the introduction to this world. And then we flash back to the beginning of this event. It is Johnny Depp and his wife, Rebecca Hall. And they are standing under this cage that Johnny Depp has built. Essentially, it's an anti-technology fence. No matter what happens, even the cell phone, you can't get technology through there. So he's talking about how this is like a safe haven of how they can remain undetected when their big project takes off. It's a good plan. And then Rebecca Hall reminds him that they have this fundraiser that they have to start getting ready for. Essentially, he's going to have to make this huge speech and he has to be on his best behavior, according to Rebecca Hall. We learn that Paul Bettany is a friend of theirs and that he is uh, working with them and he comes and meets them before the speech at this college uh, hall, essentially. And they start making their speeches. And of course, it's about AI and how it's going to surpass all of us and that we need to harness AI before it harnesses us, essentially, is the idea behind it. 
while the speech is going on, the camera passes through the crowd, and it suddenly holds on Kate Mara. I wonder why. Is she going to be a big part of this? We don't know. Probably. But, you know, it's one of those things. Will Caster slash Johnny Depp, that's his character's name, is talking about this AI network he wants to create called Transcendence. Essentially, it's going to be able to see everything. It's going to be able to stop everything. It's going to be able to control everything and just keep everybody safe and keep everybody connected to this technology. Somebody in the crowd goes, so you want to create a god? And Johnny Depp slash Will Caster kind of laughs it off and goes, isn't that what man has always done? It's not necessarily wrong, and it actually kind of, for this movie, is a good line. Um, I, I don't think this line should have hit as hard as it did, but it was pretty good. So our three people, Dr. Will, Evelyn, his wife played by Rebecca Hall, and Paul Bettany, whose character I didn't write down at this point, so I don't even remember what his name is, but Paul Bettany and them are all walking, talking about what a great speech Will delivered, And then somebody comes out of nowhere and calls Will a slave and shoots him. They also, at the same time, show this juxtaposition that this group attacks all these AI labs across the country. One of those AI labs, Morgan Freeman is in charge of, and he is left alive for some reason. I don't know why, because he's obviously the guy in charge. If there's anybody that could rebuild this project, it is him. If you kill him, you basically taking out this entire AI lab. There's no coming back. So I don't understand why they left him alive, but it's Morgan Freeman, so I'll allow it. So the bullet Will was shot with, it also contains polonium, which is this highly toxic radioactive element that basically they can't do anything for him. Uh, They're giving him about four to five weeks and he's going to die of radiation poisoning. Um. So my question here at this point is, if you found out you had about a month to live, what would you do? It's nothing to do with this movie. I was just wondering, what would you do if you got told you had a month to live? I probably wouldn't work anymore. I know this guy is in charge of AI and like he's the only AI lab and everything like that. But I probably wouldn't work anymore. You know, that maybe that's just me. Of course, he and his wife, Evelyn, are working for the entire month until he gets almost too sick and he can't do it anymore. Rebecca Hall slash Evelyn comes up with this idea. Basically, she turns off PIN, which is the AI machine, and she puts some chips in it. Then she decides she wants to put an electrode into Will's brain so they could connect him to PIN, saying we can save him. It's a movie, so I know they follow movie logic. But has anybody in this universe seen a movie where this goes well when anybody gets uploaded to AI and there's no repercussions whatsoever? Of course, Will is fully on board. He wants to be put into the machine because he wants to become this AI, this ultimate thinking machine. And maybe, even though they don't address it this way, maybe he does see himself and wants to become a god. So they decide that they're going to do it. Um, They upload him and try to get all of his memories up there before he dies. So 30 minutes in, Will is dead. Uh, Evelyn is mourning his loss. We get a little narration from Morgan Freeman about the whole idea of AI and everything like that. Pin is shut down. So evolution without technology has succeeded at this point. The movie might as well be over, right? Of course not. We're only 30 minutes in. So Evelyn 
basically is frustrated with the fact that it doesn't look like it worked. So she shuts down the computer. All of a sudden, the computer fires up again and says, is anyone there before it shuts off? Uh, and it starts responding to her. Basically, Evan wa- Evelyn wants to run a diagnostic, but while she's doing that, he starts to reorder his own code so that he can just talk to her directly. This, again, comes with the caveat that there's not enough processing power. He needs more power. So Paul Bettany, with the smart RAS decision, he wants to turn off the computer. He knows where this is going to go. Evelyn, however, wants to give him more processing power by putting him on the internet. So they talk back and forth, arguing with each other. Paul knows this is the right thing to do. Evelyn just wants her husband back. And I don't blame her for that. But at the same time, come on, girl. Look at what you're doing. So Paul does the rational thing. He leaves and goes to the bar. And not only does he go to the bar, he has a hell of a time. He gets a whiskey. He gets a beer. He's double fisting. And then all of a sudden, Kate Mara's character shows up to the bar. Where does Kate Mara come in? How does she know him? Everything like that. She says that she's a student in Paul Bettany's class. They get into this whole deep conversation, and she basically says to him, I'm wondering what's in your heart. Again, if you're a student and this is your teacher and you say, I'm wondering what's in your heart, um, the teacher should leave. And good news is Paul Bettany is smart and he leaves the bar. That's exactly what I would do too. As soon as he walks outside though, he is assaulted and kidnapped. At this point, Paul's character has been kidnapped, taken to Evolution Without Technology's headquarters, and they need to find Evelyn's location. If they find Evelyn's location, they can close down the last AI lab and they can succeed on their mission. There's no more AI. They've done it. They've destroyed all the technology that could possibly take over the world. Paul Bettany's good friends with Evelyn. And honestly, during this movie, there's some romantic tension. You, you, if Will wasn't in the way... I wonder if those two would get it on. So, of course, he's not going to say anything about where Evelyn's located until, of course, they all of a sudden figure it out out of nowhere. They didn't even need to kidnap him, I don't think. Uh, They just did, and then they find it immediately. So they're going to try to stop Evelyn, who during this whole time wasn't working on getting him uploaded to the Internet, was just talking with him and making sure that it still will. I don't know how long it's going to take for you to get this AI online, but I probably would have done it, especially since they insinuate that Paul Bettany's character was kidnapped for a couple of days, like not a full 72 hours, but probably like 24 at least. You could have easily, knowing that he was gone, put him on the internet, gotten him uploaded before this group even closely knows when you're going to be there. So now she's scrambling because she knows they're on the way because she gets warned somehow. And I think it's because of Will, but I really don't know because they just never addressed it. All of a sudden she knows. So she tries to put him online. She's not sure if she succeeds or not, but she gets away. And then she puts this earpiece in her ear and drives away from the AI lab, which is then subsequently destroyed. So once again, it could be movie over. Because they could, she could have not gotten Will online because she was dicking around and not actually putting him online. 
and now he could be destroyed in one of those computers, and she could be talking to nobody. But of course, that's not how this movie goes. As she's driving away, the earpiece goes off, and it's Will talking to Evelyn. She goes, where are you going? He goes, everywhere. And then, within 24 hours, a company under Evelyn Castor's name receives $38 million. Why $38 million? I have no clue. He also is booking a hotel for her so she can hide out somewhere under a false name. It's like he had this whole plan, and this AI now is able to do everything in 10 seconds or less and make it all happen. At this time, it also goes to the FBI where we see Killian Murphy, and all of a sudden his computer starts getting funky and starts doing things. And we're wondering what it is. Well, basically, it's being hacked by Will slash this AI to tell the FBI where this terrorist organization is. So it's pointing down all of these different spots so that Killian Murphy and his FBI buddies can take out this organization piece by piece. Obviously, some get away, some don't. But the organization has been dwindled at this point. Evelyn wakes up the next morning from the hotel and she is told to go to this area called Brightwood. Brightwood is a tiny town in the middle of nowhere, and that's where we're going to take a quick break. So as you all know, during our Bad Movie Podcast episodes, uh, we take a quick break so that we can play a promo from one of our friends. Usually it's one of our friends that guesses the bad movie first on the guessing game where I give you three clues. Uh, This time was NNS Dan or at Dan of Action on Twitter or X or whatever the heck it's being called now. Uh, he's one half of the Netflix and Swill and Stacking Triggers podcasts, both of them. Uh, the reason this is his personal account is because um, Netflix had a problem, apparently, with the name Netflix and Swill. So, of course, we stand behind him because Netflix can get over it and that whole thing. Uh, so here you go. The Netflix and Swill podcast. Here's their promo. And you can find them anywhere. Netflix and Swill. That is an N, not and. So here it is. A Netflix and Swill promo from our friends Dan and Caleb, it looks like. Here you go. I downloaded an episode of Netflix and Swill. Does this mean I get to watch Netflix now? No, you can't watch Netflix until you understand the phrase poop. Poop? Once you understand poop. You'll understand your place as a listener of this podcast. But what does poop mean? Uh-huh. It's actually a carefully organized code. Listen closely. People order our podcast. Oh, poop. Looks like Mr. Caleb understands poop. Here's a typical podcast listener. I wonder what they want. Well, if we remember poop, we can figure it out. I'd like to watch. Do you think they're going to watch A, an Amy Schumer comedy special? B, Gypsy, or C, a good show? One good show, please. Ah, Poop, you never let us down. Now that you understand Poop, I bet you think you're ready to watch Netflix. Netflix! (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha, not so fast, Eager McBeaver. You still need to finish listening to Netflix and Swill. You can find the show at netflixandswill.com or on your favorite podcast service. And now, to talk about personal hygiene. That was from our friends at the Netflix and Swill podcast. Thank you guys very much for guessing it correctly. Dan, you especially. 
Uh, happy to play your promo for this episode. Hope you enjoyed hearing it on this Transcendence episode. So, Will the AI has told Evelyn to go to Brightwood. Brightwood is this dump little town in the middle of nowhere. She is at the diner and she's talking with this contractor about what they are going to build at Brightwood. The contractor, of course, has been told he's going to get so much money. Like, so much money. Way more than a contractor should get for building anything in this dump little town. And he's still like, well, why? Why would I do this? Why? Dude, I would sell my nuts if I got paid this much money. Like, I would. Right now. Sell them on the black market if I got this much money. Why are you even questioning this? Like, there should be no questions. They've got the permits. They've got the money. All you have to do is build it. I'm in. Get me on this because I, I, I'm in. I can't build worth shit, but I would do it. So they haven't announced how much time has passed at this point. All we see is that Paul Bettany has a beard now, and he is still part of this group. He's part of the evolution with technology group. He's still being held kidnapped, uh, or he's still being held hostage with the small group that hasn't been picked off by the FBI. He has finally agreed to help them um we have no clue how much time has passed by at this point i hate the fact that they never say how much time has passed because i always want to know if you're going to tell a story in time jump like at least let us know where we're at in this process is it 20 years is it three minutes like what is the process here so paul bettany has a beard the village is being built uh AI Johnny Depp is proving to Evelyn that he remembers everything, including how they met, and he was able to welcome her to their new house and play a record player. The only reason I made note of this is that the record player is not a digital record player. How was he able to, as an AI, play this record? It's not connected to anything digitally. I'm just so confused by that. <laughs> And then finally, we get a little thing that says two years later. Oh, great. We actually know it's been two years later. Uh, everything has been built under Brightwood. So the town is still a shithole, but at least everything is underneath. We also learned that Will was able to develop with Evelyn this nanotechnology that basically work like stem cells. So one of the things that happens is when the contractor is leaving one night, and he goes to the local bar at Brightwood. Two redneck drunks see that he's just like flashing cash. So they beat the shit out of him. Uh, they're able to bring this contractor back underground to Brightwood. And Will is able to fix him with this nanotechnology. And not only does it fix him, it also gives him increased physical abilities. The only downside is that Will is now in his head. And Will can now control him almost, um, including he makes this guy say to Evelyn, I can touch you now. I'm getting very big, like Wonder Woman 84 rapey vibes here. Like when Steve Trevor is in the body of this random dude and they have sex, that kind of rapey vibes. Will is in this contractor's head going, I can touch you now to Evelyn. Um, as well as he's just this house he has built or they have built, he is literally everywhere. He can follow her wherever she is. 
And it's just a big no for me, like completely big no for me. This goes back to the terrorist organization. Basically, they cannot figure out for the life of them where this tech lab is. But they do have a very close-up video of the contractor uh, lifting over a 100-pound structure piece by himself. Like, just nice and easy, lifts it up, puts it on the thing. If they don't know where it is, yet they're still able to get this close-up video, why can't they figure it out? And even more so, Will and Evelyn are flying out these sick people. And then they also fly Agent Buchanan, played by Killian Murphy, and Morgan Freeman. They fly them there. And so they're flying these people there to heal them with this nanotechnology. Again, this evolution without technology can't figure it out, like where they are. They can't figure it out at all. Nothing. So as the sick people are taken one way on this tour, Agent Buchanan and Morgan Freeman get a tour of the facility. So basically, they get to learn what they've been doing, why it's underground, as well as what has happened to Will slash the AI. And when Will appears in a computer screen in front of them, Morgan Freeman's kind of like, I'll be damned. It happened. He also shows them that they can heal people with this nanotechnology, including this blind guy. They're able to fix his eyes so he can see. So they also get a firsthand view of this nanotech not only fixing people, but also having this piece of will in them so that they are hive mind. Now, they remain autonomous until they are told to act in unison. This is a big point that they address. So essentially, they can go on living their lives until they're called into action by will for whatever reason, to defend him, to uh, destroy something, to whatever. So Evelyn leads Agent Buchanan and Morgan Freeman out and is talking about how great it is and everything like that. And Morgan Freeman gives a hug to Evelyn and then puts something in her hand, a piece of paper. She opens it up and this piece of paper says, run from this place. I couldn't agree more at this point. She is totally fucked at this point. I, I don't care. It's she is done. No matter what happens, she's just in trouble. Either she's not going to get away and Will's going to do something to hurt her or she's going to be caught in the crossfire or something like that. Meanwhile, as Buchanan and Morgan Freeman are flying back, Buchanan says something to the effect of let's partner with the terrorists. Basically, he wants to turn off the internet entirely so there's no power to the system, and then he can blame the terrorists and get away scot-free. Because he also agrees that Will AI is not good for the world. So they need to turn off the network to the hybrids, so in order to figure that out, they need to capture one of them. And by the hybrids, I mean the hive mind. They call them hybrids because they are their normal person, but they also have these enhanced nanotech abilities as well as this, main, uh, this brain process. So they're working on trying to capture one of these hybrids so they can figure out how to cure it and create a virus to turn off the AI as well as the technology. They also learn that if they're going to cure this hybrid, they are most likely going to kill it because they're going to take it off the line. Essentially, it won't be able to connect to Will, and if anything happens, it will die. So they're dealing with the morality of that. Meanwhile, Will and Evelyn are getting to the extra creepy place 
Will has been creating these hybrids so that he's able to physically touch Evelyn. And she is creeped out, as she should be. And so he is like trying to calm her down, and he mentions something about her biochemistry being way off. Turns out he's just been measuring her biochemistry and everything with her, telling her she needs iron or whatever. I don't know how I would have done it at this point. I would have figured out a way. But if I was Evelyn, I would have shut it down. I'm sorry. That's not your husband anymore. He's being creepy. He's measuring your biochemistry. He's making all these human hybrids to be able to touch you. This is not okay. Like, it's just not okay at all. But before we can get to all of that, the terrorists have found their way to Brightwood and they start exploding everything, like literally firing grenade launchers at everything. Um, they shoot a bunch of hybrids that are unarmed and because they are filled with nanotech, they are able to rise up completely fine like nothing happened with all of their bullet wounds healing themselves. So the terrorists run off through these tunnels that they exploded so that they can get away from the hybrids. But the hybrids, of course, are faster and stronger. But we learn that this is part of the terrorist plot. They capture that main contractor so they can build the virus to touch him. Evelyn is pleading with AI Will to not fight them. She knows especially that Paul Bettany is part of them. She doesn't want to see anybody get hurt. She doesn't want to see anybody get killed on their account. All she wanted to do was make the world a better place with this AI. This nanotech, she thought she was helping sick people. So she does not want them to fight. And Will, of course, responds with, we're not going to fight them. We're going to transcend them. This is the third time transcend or transcendence has been mentioned. So drink if you are playing along with that at home. Will is also saying things like, I can upload you to protect you from them. I'm not afraid of them. Basically, all these things. He wants to upload Evelyn so that they can be together forever and not have to worry about the human body or the human touching. They can be melded together as one in this AI. She is, of course, freaked out. So she tries to escape Brightwood and drive away. Meanwhile, everything that they had built starts floating into the sky. It's nanotech, all of it, that is kind of just floating into the sky. And we get back to the terrorists who have control over the one hybrid, the main contractor, and it starts raining around them. And basically, we kind of know it's this nanotech, and it's in the water. So if any of them were to go out, it could attack them, it could get them, and make them part of the hive mind. The terrorists are hidden away from the rain so they don't get attacked by the nanotech. They also let the main contractor die so that they could get his blood and they can figure out how to create this virus to beat the nanotech. Evelyn has gotten away to a hotel. She can finally relax away from Will. And so she closes her eyes and drifts off to sleep. Until... The door is broken in, and the terrorists grab Evelyn and take her to the facility. Now she's also kidnapped and being held hostage against her will. <laughs> against her will. I just thought of that. <laughs> that was accidental. Sorry about that. So Will is shooting his nanotech up into the sky. It's basically multiplying in the sky in the water and the rain that's coming down. So he can gain control of almost everything on Earth, not just computers at this point, including the hybrids. Paul Bettany and the terrorists have kidnapped Evelyn, 
and they're trying to figure out how to destroy him. They've also kidnapped the main contractor who was a hybrid, basically killed him just to get his blood so that they can figure out how to create a virus to destroy Will and the AI. So to convince Evelyn, basically Paul Bettany has shown her this rainwater under a microscope and she can see it's the nanotech that's like building these copies of itself in the skies, water, on the land, everything. She, uh, she's also explained that the computer was never will, never will be, never is. It just isn't. And she kind of accepts that and learns that it, it really was never him. Paul Bettany has created a virus that is going to attack anything with his computer code. So the computer code, not only him, but wherever his code has been. So essentially, this could destroy all the technology in the world, which if you remember the beginning of the movie, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. That kind of may be what happens. Who knows? We'll never guess. They also explained to Evelyn that she has to be the one that gets past the machine's defenses so she can run the virus. Obviously, Will trusts her and wants her to be a part of him. And if she's willing to do it, she can get past and she can kill him. So they all get in these trucks and they're driving in and they show in slow motion this truck hitting a puddle, knocking this nanotech flying but also you can tell because of it that the hybrids are now alert that they're coming. The trucks pull up at Brightwood. There's this big shootout between the hybrids and the terrorists. The hybrids keep getting up. They're not really firing at them. They're just kind of like holding their own. And because they can't really die because they keep getting shot and then they keep regenerating, they just get closer and closer and closer. The terrorists know they're not going to win this fight if they keep it like this. They just needed enough of a distraction so that they could get Evelyn in there. So Evelyn is over by the satellite dishes at the entrance to the underground lab. As she's walking through the satellite dishes, of course, who walks in front of her? A completely regenerated nanotech body of Will. He's alive somehow. He always wanted this because he always wanted to be back physically with her. And so, of course, Evelyn hugs her and is really happy to see him. And you kind of question for a second, not really because you know exactly where this movie is going, but you kind of question for a second, is she actually going to kill Will? Is she actually going to put this AI down and save the world, essentially? After a long embrace and everything like that, and seeing that the terrorists are firing around them and everything, she says, you can protect me if you upload me. Now, he's reading her biometrics. He can tell that she's lying, or at least something is going on with her. But then the terrorists start firing at them. And basically, that was their whole plan all along, because if they shoot her, not kill her, but shoot her, then she's going to be gravely injured and she needs to be uploaded. So she gets hit with shrapnel and she's going to die unless Will uploads her. The terrorists are backed into a corner by the hybrids. They have complete control over everything. It looks like the hybrids could just finish the job and there'll be no problem. The virus doesn't need to be uploaded. Well, Will, in a last second desperation love move, sexually touches her gut wound 
and the blood grabs onto the nanotech, and you can see the virus being uploaded onto the hive mind. As they hold each other, and Evelyn is dying, and Will is being shut down slowly but surely, he shows her through images in her mind, she can see that they were actually helping the world, that the reason that with the nanotech, basically the world was regrowing. The world was becoming this safer, greener place and that the hybrids and the nanotech were right. And she sees the beauty of it before they all start disappearing. And Will gives her one last kiss and the virus has been uploaded. Evelyn dies, and the world goes technologyless. Except for one little piece of rain that is under the technology net they built in the beginning. The end? Question mark. Ah, uh, it's fun to make fun of a movie like this. Um, this thing was predictable from beginning to end. It just was predictable. Everything that happened, you just kind of knew where it was going to go. You kind of knew. I mean, there were some things that happened that I didn't expect. I didn't expect Paul Bettany's character to be kidnapped. But once he got kidnapped, I knew he was going to help them out. He was going to turn. He was going to be that person on that side. So... I think that's my main problem with it is that this movie was very predictable and I don't know how you tell this story without being at least a little bit predictable, but still it's one of those things where it's just kind of like, okay, see where this is going. I see where this is going. I see where this is going. The only thing that I will say I did not see coming was nanotech and hybrids. I never saw that coming for a second. I just thought it was going to be the computers were taken over and they were going to control the world through technology. They could make any money or they can make any conflict arise or whatever. I thought that's what was going to happen. Nanotech and hybrid human beings was something that completely caught me off guard. And even that to a point, once it became that was what they were doing, it still was predictable after that. The first moment when you see that hybrid and you're just like, oh, oh. Oh, yeah, that's something that was okay. I, I didn't expect that. But then afterwards, you can kind of see, okay, so they got to capture one. They got to get his blood. Okay, great. They got to develop a virus from the blood. They got to get the nanotech. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. Oh, they're Terminator-esque things. Got it. Okay, cool, whatever. You know, that was something that was different for a while. But honestly, this whole movie was predictable. The biggest sin this movie created was that it was just boring. And I know they tried something different. I get it. And great, they tried something. But for the most part, it really was predictable. And because of that, it's just boring. Um, one of the things I do want to talk about is the polonium. So polonium, if you don't know, is fine with human contact so like it's not weird that his family and friends were able to sit with him while he was dying of this polonium um like radioactive or uh, uh radiation poisoning it's not surprising about that one the issue is that after he died they cremated his ashes and they tossed him into a breeze above a river um 
that stuff sits in your system and they estimate that one gram of that stuff could kill 50 million people. Uh, (laughs) And you just cremated it and sent it to a river that people may or may not be drinking out of probably are, but you know, whatever, that's fine. And then there was also a goof that I also wanted to uh, point out as well. Uh, at the terrorist camp, there's a sign that says no authorized persons allowed, right? Uh, authorized was spelled A-U-T-H-E-R-I-Z-E-D. <sighs> as somebody who had worked in props, I understand sometimes things go wrong and everything like that. But this is sad that in this kind of movie that got through everybody. And it wasn't even, I, I saw this was one of the goofs before I watched the movie. It wasn't so crazy. It's not like it's hidden or anything like that. Like it's, it's there. You see this. It's not, it's in plain sight. Um, so that was just another funny thing that I thought was pretty good about this whole thing. They wasted Kate Mara on this. Um, Rebecca Hall was fine. Johnny Depp. Take it or leave it. Uh, the wasted Morgan Freeman and Killian Murphy, they were just such a small bit part. The only one that I say that got through this and deserves all the credit is Paul Bettany. Um, he was perfect in this because he was he was interesting. He was smart. He, he has that charm that oozes. And he was just realistic. And I think that's what was so good about this movie with him is that he knew exactly where this was going to go. And he was like, no, I'm out of here. I'm going to go drink at the bar. What? You kidnapped me? Fuck. Okay. I need to find a way to get out of here. Wait, actually, you're bringing up some good points. Uh, yeah, we probably should destroy this AI. Okay, I'll help you. Like, he, he, he's the most rash person in this whole movie. And I think that's why I liked him the most. Plus, I mean, what's not to like about Paul Bettany in general? Um. If you've seen this movie, please tell me what you thought of it. I thought the beginning was okay. Like, if this was in a better movie, that beginning would have been just fine. They could have left that beginning the same. It's when we got towards the halfway point or the end when they were dealing with all the Brightwood and nanotech stuff that I was like, okay, this movie's silly. We're going to look at the awards for this movie. Um... This movie has five nominations and three wins. And you're probably thinking to yourself, uh, what are those nominations and wins? Um, It was a nominee for the most original trailer and the best motion title graphics. It also won for best motion title graphics. It was nominee for most innovative advertising for a feature film. Okay. Uh, It was the 2014 winner of the Village Voice film poll for Worst Film. And the Golden Schmoes, it was a nominee for both Worst Movie of the Year and Biggest Disappointment of the Year. Unfortunately, no wins on that one. So, uh, sorry it didn't get the win on that one. I can tell you the Worst Movie of the Year for the Golden Schmo Awards that year was... um, the winner for the Golden Schmoes Award of the Worst Movie of the Year for 2014 was Transformers Age of Extinction. And I also find it kind of funny, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is on there too. So two Michael Bay films for 2014 uh, were on that Worst Movie list. And as I went down the rabbit hole of this, um, 
literally they gave awards for most everything, including uh, the best line of the year for uh, movies of 2014. A little movie, you may have heard of it. Uh, it's called Guardians of the Galaxy was released in 2014, and they won the best line of the year for this movie. Uh, I am Groot. That is what won the best line of the year for the Golden Schmo Awards. Obviously, they are great judges of talent. They knew that this movie was a stinker, so I'll give it to them on that at least. That's Transcendence in a nutshell. Uh, I hope you didn't get infested with nanotech that is making you a hybrid while listening to this episode. Yeah, let me know if there's anything else you wanted to hear about this movie. I'm happy to tell you. You can find us anywhere at Game for a Movie. We have another bad movie episode coming out soon. Uh, That is the winner of our bad movie Marble Race, which was Hot Pursuit, uh, which is going to be interesting. Sofia Vergara and Reese Witherspoon. Uh, So yeah, find us everywhere at Game for a Movie. I have been your host, Mike. This has been Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? We will see you next time on Game for a Movie.